Welcome back to another episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. I'm Mel and my awesome co-host with the most, Matt. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Mel. I'm doing good. How you doing over there? I'm doing. It's been a hell of a week, but I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to... I'm ready to talk some evil dads tonight. It's about to get evil and dead up in here. So, uh, yeah, with the big gigantic success of our ranking, our Nightmare on Elm Street episodes, which I think those numbers are way up over three billion at this point for that for that uh, for that episode. So we wanted to come back in and we wanted to we wanted to do another episode uh, of the ranking system. Um, and we we uh, we teased Mad Mad Mel. We teased at what that franchise might be earlier in the show, but uh, to make it official, official, like a hot pistol. What what franchise are we gonna talk about tonight? The Evil Dead. Woo! The Evil Dead. Are you talking about the Sam Raimi venture with Bruce Campbell? Yes, I definitely am. We talking three movies, video games, and a television show? And a cult icon. And a cult icon and a gigantic chin. This is what we're talking about. That's the evil dead we're talking about. Are we going to get into the books too, maybe? Sure, maybe. Why not? Shit. I, gotta, I bought all those Bruce Campbell books, supporting big time. We can talk about Bruce Campbell coming to Rock and Shock. It could go endless. So, um... You know, we'll start off a little bit with a little um, intro to the whole deal. You know, the Evil Dead uh, came about. You had, you know, childhood friends, Sam Raimi, Robert Tapert, um, Bruce Campbell. Um, you know, I think they, I think Bruce was like a theater kid and Sam and, and, and Robert were just kind of film fans. And they used to make um, Super 8 fa- uh, films in their backyard, for you know, for fun. Um just out of the love of wanting to do it, and then, you know, eventually they would, by the time they got into, you know, their college years, they were doing movie nights um, at their college where they would bring their, their Super 8 movies that they made as, as youngsters and uh, screen them for the, for the other college kids, and they'd come in and they'd pay, and, you know, they found out that it was a lucrative venture, so uh, they started to move forward, and from that point on, I think they started to go uh, start gathering funds from dentists and, you know, family, friends and such. And they raised up some money. Um, yeah. I saw that, um, they produced a short film called within the woods. Um, that was like proof to the concept to build interest for potential investors. Yeah. And it got them 90,000 to do it. So that was the first time that I heard of that, uh, that tactic where you go and make a little teaser or a short to show it. Um, to, to, to raise the funds, but that's what they did, and they actually raised up a good chunk of change. And I've seen, yeah, the, they did. I've seen the short. Have you ever seen Within the Woods? No, I haven't. It's rough. You can't really. The only way you got to kind of find it online. You really got to hunt it down. And uh, I did. I have it on a hard drive somewhere, but it's really, really rough looking. Like super duper rough looking. Um, you can kind of like see that the, whole grainy eighties well, retro yeah. throwback. Yeah, I mean, it was shot on Super 8, I think, and probably makes more sense than it would be, and um, real grainy, real dark, um, you know, the, the 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 makeup's really slapped on, Sam probably did it himself, um, 
And it's really just a clip it. It's, you know, I think, it's, I believe it's Bruce chasing, I think, Ellen Sandweiss, I think, maybe, was even in the in, in, in the short. She was in the later yep. film. Um, I think it's just him chasing her around, like, you know, a cabin. But uh, they raised the money, and uh, they, they, they trekked out. They left Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, Detroit, Rock City. And, uh, yep, to Tennessee. Tennessee? T -t 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 Tennessee. Tennessee. Are you familiar with that hip-hop song, Tennessee, from the 80s? Oh, not at all. That was, like, the first thing that came to mind when you started doing that. Tennessee, yeah. Uh, very famous, but... Yeah, they, they got arrested. Uh, yeah. They development. Got uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah, arrested <laughs> development, yeah. Um, when you said arrested, I thought, I was like, they got arrested making the Evil Dead? What happened? It was that... It was uh, that intense, uh, very intense. <laughs> it is a super intense movie for anybody who's never seen it, but I'm sure everybody who is listening has seen The Evil Dead. It makes sense to be a horror fan to have watched oh, it. So. Huh? And if they haven't, they are listening to the wrong I show know. right now. It's true, you know. Uh, they set out, 1981, they set out to make or 1980, rather, probably they set out to make the film, um, you know, written and directed by Sam Raimi, which would be, would turn out to be one of the most influential filmmakers of his time. You know, I always try and give Sam Raimi big props when it comes to the inventiveness of his camera work, which I love. I think it's any filmmaker that's ever seen uh, a Sam Raimi movie has probably been inspired by him and the way he moves the camera and tells his stories, you know what I mean? And I mean, I didn't even realize that he did a Spider-Man Spider trilogy. That was like the second coming of Sam Raimi, yeah. He did his horror. He's kind of like Peter Jackson in multiple ways where you take very creative filmmakers uh, with inventive styles and, um, you know, they start their careers making horror slasher gore movies and then they work their way all the way, all the way to the upper the upper enchilant of uh, of Hollywood where you had Sam Raimi you know making those Spider-Man movies and he, he did a Wizard of Oz reboot um, you got Peter Jackson of course doing Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies and all that um, yep but uh, yeah you know very very inventive you know the idea for it you know The Evil Dead's kind of a basic plot and definitely been made more basic as time's gone on and copied, you know, the five friends going into a cabin in the woods and uh, they unknowingly release some evil and uh, it comes for their fucking heads. You know what I mean? And in return, the yeah, the, take I mean, from yeah? the first Evil Dead movie, I mean, God, I don't even know how old I was when I saw it, but what was the scariest thing, and I will never forget it is her poking her head up out of that basement door. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the thing about the Evil Dead is, as we'll, we'll go deeper into the franchise, we'll talk about how they kind of slowly turn into comedy films, but that first Evil Dead movie is, like, super intense, super horrifying, scary. Um, you know, it makes you jump. It makes you, gives you a creepy vibe. makes you not want to be anywhere near the situation. You know what I mean? It, it kind of hits all those horror elements right on the. Right it's just, on. it's just funny thinking about you know how Sam Raimi has like the budget difference between doing the Evil Dead series and then doing the Spider-Man series. Yeah, you know to see how far he's come. 
Yeah, it's true, you know. I mean, just because it's, it's a, you know, it shows the, it's a testament to its talent, you know what I mean, and all that. It just, what, what, the I mean, the budget alone, I mean. Well, when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with no money, I mean, that could be a part of the reason why he had to kind of, why there's so much creative stuff within it, because it was uh, such a small crew with little money. Um, yeah. And, um, they were just going out there on passion and will, you know what I mean? And um, the most important things to make a film, you know, and they come back with that. You know, the effects are very crazy, too, you know what I mean? You get yeah, they are, considering the time, you know, a lot of clay, well, yeah, the claymation uh, type stuff, yeah, the Tom, stop motion. The great Tom Sullivan, you know, did that. Um, yeah, a lot of claymation, stop motion stuff, very effective. Um, you know, you take that shot of the... When she sticks the pencil in, uh, in the other girl's, like, ankle. Like, how, that gets yep. so effective. Such an effective shot. Um, Hell yeah, because you feel that yourself when you're watching it. Yeah, you do. You cringe. Always, I always cringe whenever I see that. I go, oh, even to this day, it just looks so good. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, when there's, when they turn into the undead, they're, they're, all the, the ghouls are super creepy. You know, the, the, there is multiple elements of it. You know, you got to cut the head off and all that, and um, you know, bury them. Um, it's it, you know, yeah, very great, great film. I love the Evil Dead. The Evil Dead's one of those movies. You know, I remember the I I, I turned the director of um, House Across the Street onto the Evil Dead because he never seen it, and uh, he was a deaf filmmaker, so kind he kind of was like a little out of the loop. I think with certain films is. His knowledge and intake of cinema, you know, isn't as vast as other people's. So, you know, go whenever nobody, when other people don't know about Sam Raimi, I always give him the Evil Dead, and I go, "You got to watch this because for the, yep. the camera work That's like alone, the best. yeah, the camera work alone is is worth watching the film for. Even if you're not a horror fan, you should watch the Evil Dead. Just if you're just if you're a fan of film, um, I you know. To go back to the Peter Jackson thing, I think Peter Jackson is a, a hugely influenced by Sam Raimi. If he men if he brings it up in interviews or not, I think it's true. You take people like the Cohen brothers, um, who I think Ethan Ethan Cohen, I believe, was an assistant editor on Evil Dead too. Um, but if you want, if you go and watch like a lot of those early Cohen brother films and even the Cohen brother films now, like their camera work is really similar to. Sam Raimi's too with the wild and all that crazy zany, you know, off the wall type of, um, you know, or more the early, camera angles yeah, and whatnot. More earlier in their career, they were more zany with their camera work. Um, both both filmmaker, you know, both the Coen Brothers and Sam Raimi. Now they're more just stylized camera shots that are that look good, but there's some zany in there from time to time. But it was real fun. You could tell they were playing. They were like playing and learning at the same time. You take a movie like Crime Wave, which is like a big weird cartoon movie that fa it failed a lot. Um, and when you watch it, you can tell because there's just so much going on in it. Um, it's like weird to watch. It's like a lot going on in your mind when you're watching. There's just so much stuff going on. Um, which, like, I think he just he got himself into a weird situation with that. Crime Wave is a movie that recently came out a couple years ago that was kind of hard to get for a long time, but. Um, all the Sam Raimi fans picked it up if they didn't see it already. And it is, it's like, it's just, 
overwhelming with Sam Raimi talent. You know what I mean? Like it, it flooded. Yeah. It. Like that's why it didn't work because it was so, it was so flooded with his, you know, style and such. Uh, to go to to prove the argument that yeah, too much style is a problem. You know. But um, what do you think about him doing the new Doctor Strange movie? I watch it. Uh, I got it. Like I had no interest in Doctor Strange before. Even though I heard it was good, like I'm not a big comic book guy, so I don't get into those movies that much. I'll watch them, but I'm not like, I don't get all excited when I hear one's coming and stuff. But um, yeah, I'll actually watch Doctor Strange 2 because of Raimi, straight up, more so than even the, the story or anything like that. Or Cumberbatch, who's who I think is Doctor Strange, right? Yep. I think, yeah. Yes, well, that is a definite. Who's not that likable, but I guess, uh, at least to me, a lot of people like him. Um, but yeah, I'll check that out for the Raimi. I even, I checked out, uh, The Wizard of Oz. The, the Return, the, not Return, what was it? Um, uh, The Great and Powerful Oz. You know, I happily went to the Oh, the one with, um, the kid one? The little kitty one? With the, the teeth, the little porcelain doll? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The porcelain, yeah, like the newer one. Yeah, I, I love that one. He I didn't realize done, that was him. Yeah, he might have done two of them. There could have been two Oz movies. I mean, they're they're not his best work, but they're not the worst movies. They're better than like the majority of everything else in the theater around it. But like, they're not. You know, I'd rather see him do other things. I'd rather see him do like a thriller or like a horror movie or an action movie or even a comedy. You know what I mean? I yeah. Just, I didn't think that was a good. He's a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. That's why he wanted to do it. But, uh... I mean, I he's know. got a lot of stuff in, in production and in development right now, too. Yeah. Like, all kinds of different types of movies. Like, Day of the Triffids, I can't wait to see that. Because I loved that movie growing up. Yeah. So, I I can't wait to see what he does with that. What else does and he got coming? Uh, a new Xena warrior princess. A show? There's a, another. Yeah. Cool, cool. It's in development right now. Alex will be happy to hear um, that. A Beckwood sci-fi thriller. There's like a bunch of stuff. Don't Breathe 2. Don't Breathe 2. And I loved Don't Breathe. That was fantastic. Yeah, so I, I like can't that. wait to see part two. Yeah. I agree completely. I mean, yeah, you know, I think before the show we were talking, or no, during the show, the resurface, like the, the the reinventing of himself. I know we've left Evil Dead for a second to talk about Sam Raimi, but that's cool because he created the franchise. But you take yeah. you take a dude like that who his his first run in Hollywood, you know, you're you're dumping out films like the Evil Dead, um, you know. Uh, that whole franchise you have like dark man um you know what i mean some really cool flicks that are that are uh you know popping off that are big for that time you you got a movie in the army army uh army of darkness you got a simple plan which i think is a very underrated thriller i think a simple plan is a great film uh for anybody out there looking to check out a a sam raimi movie they might not have seen before for the love yeah, because that's one I haven't. Yeah, for the love of the game's really cool. I always tell people, I say, you know, the, Sam Raimi is such a good filmmaker that for the love of the game made me care about baseball for an hour and a half when I could give a fuck less about baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
Right. Like he yep. made, he made you care about it. And then you take Drag Me to Hell, his return to horror, which people kind of shit on a little bit, but I enjoyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad flick. <laughs> I like it. I think people are starting to yeah. like it more now. I think they were a little. I don't like, know. <clears throat> yeah. That you know when they decent or you know people always the ones I always love and people hate are the ones that at some point end up becoming popular. And then it's like, I've been telling you about this since it came out. Like, what are you talking about? They need somebody else to tell them. That's how it works. They're great like that. They're great folks. Great folks, though. You know, uh, we got, you know, Raimi's also, uh, Raimi also should be credited for uh, bringing John Woo to America. Um, We never would have had the great uh, Hong Kong uh, filmmaker, superstar, heavyweight mega mega fucking Don Mega John Woo come to to the US if it wasn't for Sam Raimi you know what I mean yeah if you brought him on uh, Hard Target uh, Hard Target I think was well, the Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle I think was the first was his first American yep, that is it I think so it was a great movie uh, classic film too you know what I mean I uh I always get down with that John Woo's good I, uh, I'm be curious to see what John Woo's up to nowadays Oh, maybe that could be another show. What, the John Wooster? Yeah, why not? Okay, I mean, it's too, you could do that, you know. You know, Time Cop, too, more of a sci-fi action, you know, thing. Uh, Van Damme. Have you ever seen his, have you ever seen his short Within the Woods? Uh, Sam Raimi's? Yeah, you did say you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, I got it, yeah. I own it. Did you know that that cabin that they used in Evil Dead had a double murder in it? Oh, no, I did not. I Supposedly, I did not know that. That's interesting. I believe it. Right. I would too. That was a scary ass cabin. I wonder if that would add that added to the uh, the creepiness of the whole venture. Yeah, I'm not. So he get uh, Ramy does what a lot of what I think filmmakers nowadays do, where if they want to kind of become Hollywood, if you're a, if you're a horror filmmaker. And you want to you want to take an attempt at at Hollywood, your best your best leeway of jump off is starting horror and then sliding into action films. That's I I it's like Stephen C. Miller, who's kind of a, a big time indie dude. That's what he does. That that's the movement he made, and um, like that was the transition Sam Raimi kind of made in the in, in the nineties, where he was going from that horror into more actiony movies, you like Dark Man, Hard Target, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Time Cop and all that. And then you roll into um, the television thing, like the Hercules and the Xena. Like those shows have have a gigantic following as well. Like there's like the following for those movies, uh, those shows I should say are probably equal, if not bigger, than the Evil Dead um, fandom. You know what I mean? And it's kind of, and it's lucky that it was made because it was plagued by so many production problems. Oh my goodness! I, I during heard, the shooting and whatnot, and you know, finding the money to keep it going. I, you I, know, they, yeah. I mean, they said it was suspended like several times, so that they could, you know, do more fundraising to get it done. Yeah, 
the um when Hercules was on the air, I never got into it. Like Xena and Hercules kind of turned me off for some reason. And uh, even when I found out, I, I've never been into that kind of thing, so yeah. I didn't even watch it. But people love them. People like Hawk. Alex Hawk is a gigantic fan of both. You know, and I know that they, they, I know that they, for like the people, people that kind of fall in line with, um, like Supernatural and Charmed, uh, shows like that, the people that usually like that stuff a lot, I usually find or get big, like the fan, that fantasy element to it, you know, I think that they, yep. they get into that stuff a lot. Um, what I think is dope about the Evil Dead movie too, yeah. is like, when it first debuted in theaters, it didn't take off until... Stephen King gave the film a rave review, then it got more attention, and that's how it got its wide release in the UK. What was the, the quote was the, mo, uh, the most ferocious movie of the year? Or the most grueling. Yep. Most grueling, I think. Uh, I forgot what the quote was. Um, but yeah, it was the most grueling horror film of the year or something like that. Yeah, and that one, that one quote, yeah, really helped it put, helped, uh, put the film over. Take a, a gigantic master of horror like Stephen King giving you that. King, you know, yep, props. You know, you have to check it out. Yeah, for sure. You know, who's going to argue with Stephen King? Like, he's another legend in himself. Surprised we've never seen like a Sam Raimi Stephen King collaboration. That would be amazing. That would have been cool. Um, I believe Raimi has a cameo in the stand. Um,. And in The Shining, the TV version, he has a cameo, I believe. Oh, that sucks. Ah, Mick Garris's The Shining. You know, Mick Garris is a filmmaker I have respect for, but his films are, like, hit or miss with me sometimes. Um, the Shining, I'm such a gigantic fan of the Kubrick one, which I guess, like, the people, Yeah, like, which is the same with me. So when I watched the TV version, I was like, are you kidding me? And I know Chris Webber is the dude from, or Steven Webber, as the dude from Wings, so like it was very hard on my mind being able to think that he was this evil dude. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. But I guess the the the, the TV series is more like the book. Um, and I know Stephen King prefers the TV uh, miniseries over the Kubrick film. Um, but that's just because he changed some things in the book in in his movie. You know, but it's Kubrick. He's gonna do what he wants to do. You know. Arguably one yeah. of the most famous filmmakers of all time. Top five, at least. Um, but, yeah, it's true. It's true. So The Evil Dead gets the big praise, the big push from Stephen King. And it takes off, and it's huge, and, you know, it took him by storm. I remember when um, when Mick Strong was on the show, He wasn't he talking about how... Uh, the horror world of Hollywood was talking yep. about was talking about this little film called The Evil Dead that was being made in Tennessee. The crews yep. the crews were flying back and forth for yeah. So like that was such an interesting uh, element to that interview because it was like it was so cool. That's part of the reason why I like doing the show is because you can get an inside scoop type of look at things, and it's so cool to kind of peel back the veal, uh, the curtain for that for a little bit to be like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of interesting that, you know, the, the community of horror in, in Hollywood was, was kind of like, it's just what a, what a time to be making the movies that Mick was making and just like being in the, being there while Evil Dead was being made and hearing slow talk of this, this film 
this highly creative horror film that's nothing like anything you've ever seen before being made in Tennessee right now by people that have never made a film before that scrapped up the money to make it, you know what I mean? What a ex- exciting time, you know? But uh, we'll have Mick on again. We can get deeper into it. It'll be, it'll be cool. But, uh, yeah, so the evil dead hits and, you know, takes the fucking world by storm, as you would imagine. You know what I mean? Um, cruising for a bruising kid, you know, they got, they follow Oh, up. God, yeah. I think that, I think the 80s, all the horror movies from the 80s were like the best ones because horror movies now, I, I think I prefer like the practical look that they had back then than, you know, all the CGI and. Right whatnot that they use now in horror movies yeah well for sure um i mean i loved i loved the when they rebooted evil dead i thought that was fantastic you know they even tried you know they shot it dark you know so it wasn't so bad i could tolerate it it was great in its own way mm-hmm. but you could never be the original yeah no matter what no, I like it's it, it's all entity. Shocking. Uh, the Evil Dead 1, I believe, made the video nasty list in the UK where if you were, um, if you were like a, a video wholesaler, you were renting videos or selling videos, VHS, and you were caught selling that movie, you would, it was like selling drugs out of your shop. They would go, you'd have to go to fucking court and possibly jail over it. You know, that's how wild things were at one point. It's so crazy. That they God, I think, yeah. I think I actually still have all the Evil Dead movies on VHS. I do. I have them on every format. Hell yeah. It's crazy. I don't know if they still work because they've been in storage forever, but kind of, I have them. <laughs> they're probably all molded up. Probably. They've been in storage forever and a day. We're going to get Chris McGibbon a uh, 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 fucking... Uh, some rubbing alcohol and, so, and, a, and a Q-tip, and he'll fix that problem for get rid of that movie <laughs> for you. My dad's got all kinds of horror movies on VHS. I'd love to see what else is in there that I've forgotten about. Even even if you weren't going to watch them, you could do like a wall of horror behind you. For if we ever do do the video show, you can have like a nice background. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to do that. Are you That'd kidding cool. me? After I saw Chris's room, hell totally yeah. wanted to do it. You can just kill Chris and take his room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a he's got a stairs that runs uh, a door that goes outside close to his room. Nobody will ever know anything. Just just come and go as you please. You know. <laughs> so when when you know after the success of the Evil Dead, uh, they, I, I believe I can only speculate that they were approached the way a lot of people are, which is. This was a success. Here's money. Do exactly the same thing. So I think that's what happened with the Evil Dead too, where they had success and somebody came to them and were like, "Whoa, that was fucking great. We need you to do that again. Do that again. Here's the money." Right. And them knowing, them knowing that once you finally make that break of actually getting money from somebody. That you can't, yeah, because the first one only had what a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, which is still pretty epic. Like I'm, so, it blows my mind that they raised that money. Like, like not being like first time filmmakers just roaming around the streets of Detroit talking to dentists and stuff. Um, that's still a gigantic amount of money so to the like even for like for f- low budget filmmakers now. That's a gigantic amount of money, you know. 
know? But now, but then again, you're dealing with film and stuff back in the day, which was a lot more I mean, expensive. what could you do with $350,000? I can do it all. I can do it big. Uh, it'd be nice if I had $300,000. Fuck, I could, I'd probably, realistically... I wouldn't spend it all on one movie. I'd probably do two or three and just comfortable, comfortably in the way I'd like to do it. Right. Because realistically, like for a hundred, roughly for like a hundred thousand dollars, roughly you could shoot a film with all the professional crew, uh, like a legitimate, like enough money, enough money to, to have everybody show up and do their job and know what they're doing. Um, like, I mean, everybody from, from beginning to end, you know, not just, you know, gathering with, 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 with pals that know what, have an idea of what to do. You know what I mean? Like you can buy, you can hire all the professional folks, like a hundred thousand bucks, a little less maybe, but that's like, if you, if you're going to pay everybody what they, what they desire to be paid for their daily wages, you know what I mean? I mean, doing Evil Dead 2, he must have felt like it was a big-budget Hollywood movie. Well, yeah, they were now on... I mean, you went from, like, a $350,000 budget to a $3.6 million budget. Yeah. Yeah, and they built... I know the whole... They were on... They had sets to deal with for this one. Um, You know what I mean? But I think they they brought back a lot of the same elements and people, you know. This one... It's been a while. I actually... I haven't... Seen yeah. Evil Dead Two in a while. I watched the original and um, Army of Darkness and the remake more than I've seen the second one. Yeah, well, Evil Dead Two is a great film too. Um, it definitely starts to slide heavily more into comedy um, in part two, as in like with the first one. The first one straight horror. Like, there's not too many moments of comedy in the first one. It's straight, not at all. Yeah, it's like straight up horror. And then when you get to part two, Dead by Dawn, um, you're it, it's it's I they almost probably had to add comedy because they know they were going back to the same formula, so they had to kind of, or maybe they realized when they were making the first one that it was so horrific that if they wanted to be more commercial, they should add more comedy to it, you know? Yeah, they said it was like. It was purposely a parody sequel to it. Yeah, and it's very zany and cartoony. And I think really the Ash that everybody knows and loves was created in Evil Dead 2. You know what I mean? Like that dummy oh. type. Ta- the, the, you know, a lot of, you can kind of, they say he's kind of like a dummy, you know, maybe a little, um, a little, maybe uh, a little wimpy, you know what I mean? Um, just some of the, just some of the, uh, the faces that, like, I vaguely remember it, but like I know some of the faces that Ash makes throughout that movie, saying, you know, he's the one that's possessed this time. Yeah, is just it is. It's hysterical. Yeah, well, he's it definitely Bruce. There could there could be nobody else other than Bruce Campbell to do it. You know, and it is the face. And it's you know they gotta they they have a, they all have a gigantic love for the Three Stooges, which you can tell by watching. The antics, you know, in the films. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the more colorful, the blood's really colorful in this film, in part two. Um, like you said, yeah, the heat changes at one point. I mean, the camera work is 
still incredibly creative, you know, even maybe a little more pushed because they have more money to make, you know, better camera rigs to be able to do whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure while making Evil Dead, there was a lot of things, as much cool shots got into the Evil Dead, I'm sure there was just as many cool shots he couldn't do due to budgetary, either technical issues or money, you know, just, or time, just not being able to do them, which I think it, you know, it, it, he probably got more with, with, you know, Evil Dead 2, of course, you know, I think it was probably a lot easier to make more cooperation, more money, it was probably just easier all across the board, you know what I mean, you go, you got the, I think you got Ted Raimi, Sam's brother, who I believe in the first Evil Dead um, was a fake shemp, which for anybody that doesn't know what fake shemp is, it's a phrase, you know, coined by the, the old Evil Dead clan over there, which is pretty much just uh, when you have, like if I was making a movie with, you know, Mel, and um, she was acting, and her, she was done shooting, and then the next day she was gone, um, and we were shooting another scene, and we forgot that we needed her in it, but we didn't have her, so I had, you know, Jessica, um, who's a made-up character I just, I just envisioned, who works on our sets, that does, like, <laughs> pr- production assistant work, I would have Jessica stand in the background, because she has the same hair color as Mel, so I see the hair color and go, that must be Mel, that's a fake shemp, that's when you kind of fake an actor into the scene, you know, so that was kind of made yeah. famous by the Raimi. Didn't, didn't you recently meet one of the Raimis at Rocking Shop? Met, yeah, me and, um, me and uh, Alexander the Great met Ted Raimi, Theodore Raimi himself, at Rock and Shock. Um, I don't. It like two years ago, right? Two, yeah, two years ago. Um, very nice guy, sweetheart. Um, got some movies. Um, very cool dude. Um, you know, he, he Ted Raimi is. He, he's just as part of that Evil Dead family as anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I was saying, he he, he fake shumped in the first one in. Um, in part two, he was what Greta, I think. I think that was her yep. name. The which is the wife, I believe, the corpse of the wife in the in the fruit in the wine cellar. Um, very creepy, you know. It's funny you watch Evil Dead. You can it, it, like her swinging around in the wine cellar. You see like you can see where the you like where you can see Ted Raimi's like legs because like the, the suit doesn't cover the whole thing. You know, there's fun yeah. things in it, but you got to look for it. You know, it's not like oh, so blatant that it ruins the film. But if you look for them, they're there type deal. Um, but yeah, they, part, had yeah. Some, they had some fun at the end of the shooting of it. You yeah, know, yeah, you gotta, you know, I can only imagine how hot that suit was. I could all that latex. Oh, my God. Being in it all day it must have been pouring sweat. Must have smelled fucking awful. Awful. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even have wanted to put that thing on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a uh, horrendous, horrifying. Um, so, yeah, so with, with, with the second one being more comedy, yeah, you know, the second one, I, it, it goes, I, I feel it goes straight horror, horror comedy, and then we get to the third film in the franchise, Army of Darkness, which I consider which more, more straight com- ridiculous, yeah, but awesome. Straight ridiculous is the best way to describe it. And um, I consider it more, it's almost like it would go horror, horror comedy and then comedy horror you know what i mean um, yeah 
because that's kind of the format of it. You know, very fun. By this point in the game, um, Ash has become a superhero to the fans. People love him to death. You know, Army of Darkness, I remember when that was in theaters and stuff, that was the first one that I remember promotion for it coming around, Universal pushing it, you know, um, the trailers, you know, I remember seeing stuff for it in theaters and stuff like that. I didn't get to go to theaters to see it because nobody in my family at, at a younger age, or even at this age, nobody really digs horror, so, like, there was nobody to really bring me. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it was, uh, but, yeah, like, remember that came out, and very fun movie, you know what I mean? And it definitely ties in those elements. It's, like, it's kind of a mashup of pretty much his career of, at that time, Hercules was meeting Evil Dead. That's kind of like what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, very fun film. You know, you get all you all you all your 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 notable Raimi clan people popping up. The 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 Raimi players popping up. Um. Yeah, and um. Yeah. So, what what, what was your take? What's your take on Army of Darkness? Um, I like I said, it's just so ridiculous yeah. that it's good. Um, I think that's officially where the boomstick came from. Yeah. Am I right? Or, You're right, yeah. So, yeah. So, like, each one of those movies, especially this one, has a lot of memorable scenes that, you know, just happen to uh, make that movie what it is. Yeah, you bring back fame you got groovy bring back groovy the famous line uh give me some sugar baby i think that was made popular by the um by army of darkness i think that's the film that that one was in first but i could be wrong one man one million dead the odds are just about even yeah yeah you know it was really and i want to say that um I want to say his reason, the reason for making Evil uh, Evil Dead Three, Army of Darkness was for, for was for Bruce, like it was decided that the, the the like the person that would benefit the most from it would be Bruce because he would be starring in a big Hollywood blockbuster, you know, not blockbuster. I want to say like it didn't make blockbuster money, but I want to say it was like a summertime action movie that was, like, expected to open big, probably. And I don't know what it did number-wise. It probably did all right. Um, um, opening weekend, it made a little over $4 million and it grossed $11 million. Worldwide, it was eleven and a half, a little over $11.5 million. Really? So they basically, they even with the worldwide growth, they barely broke even with what the budget was for the film. I was going to say, they probably lost, yeah. They sounds, for 11, that, that sounds more expensive of a movie to make with all that medieval stuff. Yep, um, and the, the skeletons. That stop motion animation is very timely, and time is money. And, yes, and with a name like Greg Nicotero, that could not have been cheap to have him working on set. Well, Greggy was working with them since Evil Dead 2. So, like, uh, they were probably, they were already pals and stuff, you know what I mean? So, they did probably give them the, you know, when you're, when you're in the business of making horror movies and you're an effects artist, you're going to want to work with the best. That's what I all, when me and Hawk talk about acting and stuff, I'm not an actor, but I always say, you know, if I was an actor, what I would, one of the things I would want to do is I'd want to just work with 
notable directors, you know what I mean? Like, we had a big conversation when when he was talking about whether or not he should attempt to be in a shitstorm or not. It was like, hell yeah, because, like, you get to work with Lloyd, who... Exactly. Depending on what crowd you're in, like, if you're, if you're somebody whose favorite movie is fucking you know, American Beauty and uh, you're artsy-fartsy, you're not going to like Lloyd. But, like, if you're an underground person or... I mean, even if you do like those movies, you might like Lloyd, you know what I mean? But, like, for the most part, it's one of those things... You know, you can't deny the effect, whether you say it's good or bad, um, the effect that Lloyd's had on cinema, you know what I mean? Like, he's made his impact, like... A lot of people that haven't made their impact like to talk shit about them, you know what I mean? It's an interesting dynamic. But that's what I told Honk. It's like, yeah, you get the you got Lloyd, who's like, he's a living legend in his own right, and yeah, like, of course, like, you'd want to work with them. You want to say that, yeah, you know, I worked for this director and that director and this director, and people be able to go, oh, oh, I've seen movies he's done. So, like... Yeah, so that, I think, like, it's always good to kind of get out there. So I think that Nicotero would definitely, especially, even if they weren't, even if they previously didn't do part two together, I think that they probably, he probably would have jumped at the opportunity. But what a cool gig. What a cool gig it'd be to be, like, on an effects team of K&B and just be able to, like, jump around from all these sets with all these legendary filmmakers and people that are, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, they're going to be talking of these people as the legends in film, you know, which they are, you know. I mean, Nicotero is on top. I mean, you know, he's got one of those underdog, you know, a story, a story, uh, with a story tale, uh, careers in Hollywood, really, where he started off making gore movies, and now he's, he was an executive producer on one of the biggest shows on television for a while with The Walking Dead. You know, he, he, he I think he single-handedly rebooted Creepshow uh, as a TV show, which takes power to do, you know. And it was awesome. It was. I have it up on my, uh, I just bought it recently, um, digital format, trying to get with the times, I guess, uh. I'm going to watch him and me and Mel are going to do an episode on Creep Show. The yeah, that was really good. I'm looking forward to it. I watched the trailer to it. It looked good. I, I, I believe in Nicotero. Those people that come from that horror background, I give them a little more faith than the newer people because I think they understand the legacy on their shoulders. And if they want to they wanna kind of put a burden on that, it's up to, you know, that's their call, but... Usually they don't. Usually they're going to attempt to make the best thing they can. You know. I wonder. I wonder what it's like working on set. You know, with the Rainey brothers. Considering you know Ivan and all of them have yeah. done so many movies together. You know, that's well, got to be interesting. Well, I bet it's very fun. Like I know that they're very like Bruce and Sam have a really cool, fun relationship, and I'm sure Sam has that with other people. I think Ivan's the older brother, so I don't know how goofy he gets with him, but I bet he gets goofy with Ted. Um, and they always look like they're... Whenever I see behind-the-scenes footage of them on set or even them being interviewed talking about being on set, they're always smiles and having fun, you know? It's always a good experience, yeah. you know? Which is good. I mean, you know, not only... 
Not only do you get to make movies that people love and will be around forever, but you have a fun time doing it. You know, don't get no better than that. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, and it's family too. So you, you know, you can't use the excuse. Well, I'm too busy. It's fun. Uh, Ivan Ramey is a doctor who just like moonlights as like a, a Hollywood writer. But his, yep. his brothers, he's he's written with his brother Sam since fucking. The very, like, very beginning of Just pretty much everything. Yeah. So, it's nice, though. It's And like you said, he's a, what is he called, a shemp? A fake shemp, yeah. Fake shemp, yeah. Which is a Three Stooges term. Um, Three Stooges term for, uh... Yeah, that that was the oldest brother or whatever that never was really in anything. Well, what happened is uh, they call it fake shemp because in the Three Stooges it was originally Larry, Curly, and Moe. And when Curly yep. when Curly left, I guess they tried to put in this new brother called Shemp. Instead of actually explaining why Curly left, they just kind of threw him in there. So like they 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 considered they considered Shemp to be like a fake Curly. So whenever they put in an actor to be a fake actor, they call him a fake Shemp. They call him a fake Shemp. Yeah. I just learned something new because I had no clue that was even a thing. Yeah, that's the deal behind that, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, they're gigantic Three Stooges fans. It'd be cool to see them do, um, to do Sam do like a dramatic, almost serious take on the Three Stooges because their career was, like they lived kind of fucked up lives. They went through a lot of like, hard time so it'd be very cool to see i know that larry fine uh who larry the larry three stooges uh the larry larry uh who's him and mo were brothers uh and the other ones weren't but the him larry and mo were actual blood brothers and uh i read larry's book and i remember there was a period in my life where i wanted to like make that book into a movie but i don't think it'll ever happen but i would i wouldn't mind seeing like Sam Raimi make that film, or I even more so, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Raimi produce that movie for me and let me direct it. That'd be beautiful, um, right? Yeah, but um, I could see him doing something cool like that. I know that he, I think he was gonna do a take on um, that Last of Us video game that's big. I've never played it, but I know people like it. Yeah. I think he was supposed to do a take on that. He was going to direct that, and then he was going to direct something called World War Three for a while. But I don't know whatever came of that. But whatever he directs next, I will go see because I go see. I support to the fullest. So yeah, you know, part three, Army of Darkness, which jumped around it. it it's been called the Evil Dead Three. It's been called Army of Darkness. It's been called Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. Um, I don't know if that was marketing just to put out more product, more merchandise or what, or if there was legal reasons for that. Um, I don't exactly know. I do know that, you know, they were trying to turn Bruce into a bigger star at the time. Like I said, they kind of made that movie for Bruce. So, uh, maybe that played into the fact where they're really trying to make, cause you know, realistically, and it's a smart move is if you make your star a big enough name, you know, you can you can ride that out like as long as you're if you're you're if his name carries weight you can always use that as leverage when you have him in your film you know what I mean money wise and stuff yeah. <clears throat> you can always say well I oh I got this actor and that actor and you know get Bruce Campbell and stuff you know uh, we uh, did you get to meet Bruce when he came to Rock and Shock the last year of Rock and Shock did you get a chance to meet him 
No, I didn't get to go to that. Um, I think I was working that weekend, and I couldn't get my weekend. I couldn't get anybody to switch the weekend so I could go. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get a, I didn't get to meet him either. It was unfortunate. I, I think I was only there for a day. I had a wedding, I think, that weekend. Um, but I got. And I don't think he was. I don't think he was. Was he there the whole weekend or? I think late? it was two days. Yeah, I think he was only the two days instead of three. Um, I think. But I know his line was always big. Whenever I went by it, and like, at one at one one point, I had to opt out and f- decide whether I was either going to get in line and meet him and get an autograph, or was I going to get in line and get a decent seat at the Q and A that he was going to do. And uh, I decided just to do the Q and A, and um, because I've always heard that it was mixed opinion, like nothing against Bruce, but I've all, I've heard that he can be tr- difficult sometimes, and sometimes he can be he can be cool. So like, take that for what it is, like not as the word of God or anything, because he could be always the best, and he could be you know who knows. So don't take what I'm saying, but I've heard he could be difficult. So. I figured, hey, you know, I could go up there and have a bad experience and that's that, or I could just kind of sit back and watch him do his deal, and if I want to ask a question, ask a question. So I just went into the Q&A, and the Q&A was really good. Like, I was a big fan, and I I felt like it was almost better than meeting him because I probably wouldn't have been able to get a, a decent spot in that Q&A uh, otherwise. Yeah, and, that, and like, and... You wouldn't have been able to ask him that same question if you were standing in line waiting because yeah. when you have lines that long, you know, they're just trying to, you know, smile, take a picture, and push you away so that they can see the next person. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how it goes, you know. But, yeah, that was cool. I know that Sam is doing some conventions with Bruce, uh, which I would love to meet Sam, like out of the whole gang. Oh, my God, that would be epic. Sam would. Sam's the one, and I, I love him respect and respect all of them, but out of all of them, I would, I would like to meet Sam the most just because I, cause I consider myself a filmmaker, and he's a filmmaker as well, and it'd be nice just to kind of, you know... Not even talk shop, just kind of like meet them and get a pick. And I'd buy the autograph, of course. And if I could chat with them, I'd like to chat with them. I'd give them movies. I'd do the whole deal. And then uh, then I move on with life, and he does the same. But uh, Sam Raimi's, yeah, one of my favorite living directors, you know. Doesn't do enough, should do more, you know. But at least he's been able to stay at the top of the food chain in Hollywood. You know, which is different. That's a difficult process to do. He has been within Hollywood um, since like the early ni- early to mid nineties. He didn't. Uh, did he have anything to do with Ash versus Evil Dead, or did he just? Is it just based on his character? No, no. He produced it. They brought it in. I mean, uh, we'll jump in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Good segue. The um, you know the fans were calling for a film for a long time. They speculated a fourth film for a long time, and then um, never happened. But the TV show came about, and uh, it was brought on by all of them. You know, Sam uh, he produced them. If, if not, actually, it just really sucks that they only did three seasons. Yeah, he directed the first episode. I remember that's what got me excited to go back. Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead. I thought was really cool. You know, the first season I thought was fun. And I was, I was like very cautious because usually in certain situations they, they kind of dropped the ball and kind of flubbed things up a little bit. Um, 
And by the time that second season hit, I think the second season's even better than the first season. Yeah, they just got better as they went. Yeah, I mean, which is why it really sucked when they decided not to bring it back. I think the third season started to fizzle a little bit, but uh, but like I liked it. You know what I mean? And I think they pulled the they left it in a place where they could come back uh, if they got if they got the green light, which I don't think they did. Um, or, yeah, but I'm sure another network other than Stars pick it up, you know, with, after all the legal issues were taken care of. Yeah, I mean, they're on Netflix now. You can get all the old episodes on Netflix. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. It didn't seem like that expensive of a show to shoot, but who am I to say? You know, you, but they had the great, you know, Ted Raimi returned. What was that drink? The Pink Fuck? Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah, and I remember they had uh, the, the 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 billion dollar man played his father, which was funny. Um, yeah, yes, it was. You know, the thing with that that show is like there was parts that would make you actually belly laugh, and it, like going into it, I knew what it was going to be. It was like it was going to be a fan fest. Uh, you know, about him just saying a bunch of catchphrases and stuff like that, and it kind of was that, but there was more to it. Um, where it actually had moments of creepiness, you know, the gore was good, um, and the, the funny, the comedy was there, that's one thing that, you know, things, comedy is what things miss a lot with the comedy these days, in certain things, like, it just doesn't, the comedy isn't, the comedy's a little too PC, a little too clean, because they don't want to offend and uh, it doesn't quite. Oh, because God forbid we offend everybody. You know, gets so offended easily these days. Yeah. That you know they got to tone down something that shouldn't have needed to be toned down, considering it was on cable and on at a time late enough that you know children should have been watching it anyway. Right. And uh, it was. It was. It was. Uh, you know, I still found it fresh and offensive, which is how I like it. How I like my comedy. You know. Oh God, yeah. If it's not offensive, what's the fun, what's the fun in it? Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean. You got that for shizzle. I mean, other people would probably uh, disagree with you in this climate that we're living in, but for the most part, you know, I think you're. Uh, yeah, but I, I I like to not be one of the sheep. Yeah, no, that's one of the things <laughs> I like about you. You know what I mean. Uh, but Ash vs. Evil Dead, you know, I think that, um, I think, uh, I think they should have done a little more. They didn't, of course, but, you know, what could you do? No, I think they, they could have had fun, they could have had fun with that if they could have gotten a, another season out of it. Yeah. I mean, we, so we got the, we've got, uh, 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 you know, we'll talk about the video games real quick. Do you ever get into the video games? I play some here and there. I was just going to ask you the same thing if you've ever played any of the video games because I, I haven't. I got both of them. Uh, I've played both of them. I remember a uh, fistful of boomstick was the better was the better game of the two. There was that, and then it was regeneration. Um, and what system were they on? PlayStation Two, I believe. Probably Xbox. 360 or whatever the the duo uh, Xbox was at that time. Yeah, and um, uh, they're they're fun games, you know. But yeah, like the Fistful of Boomstick was the better game, I thought, and then Regeneration was all right. Uh, they're both fun games, you know what I mean. Um, if I remember correctly, 
Fistful of Boomstick almost had like a weird GTA type graphic set up to it. Like it was kind of like that layout a little bit, which I enjoy. And then I think that Regeneration had like a different style to it. Um, I, I, I don't remember exactly why, but I do remember not liking the second one as much as the first one. But the video games, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen another Evil Dead video game. Um, especially that would be, nowadays. With the way the graphics are yeah. now, that would be so awesome. The graphics, the way that gaming is so huge now, I mean, it's bigger than it's ever been. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, it's crazy. And I believe they're gamers, I want to say. I know Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell smokes a lot of weed. I know that. How you feel about that? Wow. I think that's fantastic. I, I know if I ever get to meet him again, I'm going to approach him with some weed. I'd smoke weed with Bruce Campbell and go groovy. Hell yeah. Now, do you take the head of the weed and you say groovy right in his face? Yeah, why not? I think I don't think you'll be able to smoke weed with anybody, any celebrity ever again because of COVID. Yeah, no, now with COVID, we ain't doing nothing for a long time. You can think of all those celebrities throughout the years you got to smoke weed with, and those are the, you got the memories, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the future. It depends how powerful their weed addiction is. <laughs> so if they're willing to risk their lives to get high. Well, when I was a sky a skydiver, that's that'd say yeah, I'm risking my life to get high. So, right, that would be funny though. Jumping out of airplanes. If you wanna, if you wanna be re- really exciting, uh, you don't pack a parachute when you jump out of an airplane. <laughs> that's how you make things really exciting. That's how you become one of the Evil Dead. Um. <coughs> So the video games are cool. I could definitely see a future video game for sure, especially with virtual reality. How that's becoming a thing. Oh God, that would be dope. Or um, yeah, definitely. And as Bruce gets older, I think they'll probably lean more in the direction of interactive stuff where Bruce doesn't have to do backflips and get paralyzed on the set, where he can just like taught like do voiceover for. A video game or even an animated movie. I wouldn't mind seeing an animated Evil Dead movie. That would be interesting. Think about I'm surprised they never. I mean, I think there's comic books, so why there not do comics. an animated feature? I have a couple of the comic books. They're fun. I think in one of the earlier episodes we talked about how there was almost a um, Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash, which would have been interesting. Yeah, definitely would have been interesting. Sam Raimi, the the. The wise man that he was and a creative genius put the kibosh on that. He said, nah. I guess there was a treatment put together for it, and uh, it, it it came down to him being the final person to give the the yes or no, and he said, no, thank you. No, no thank you. And uh, it's good, though, because he owns his characters, which is nice, and he can... If he doesn't want to let him get fucked up, he doesn't. He doesn't have to, you know. Yeah, he's got that right to say no. That's one of the one of the one of the tortures of signing over your characters and stuff is, if they want it, they can take they can tell that story, continue telling that story, however, continue or retell that story exactly how they want to do it, and if uh, you don't like it, they don't care. <laughs> they say 
who cares? Who cares about what you like over there? Yep. Um, but yeah, and, and, and you know, with with rebooting, let's jump into the reboot of The Evil Dead, you know? Very excited. I was very excited when I first heard of it. Uh, I, I actually I actually <laughs> enjoyed it. I was kind of skeptical. Mm-hmm. Because that's like when all the horror movies seem to be starting to get rebooted. Right. So I was kind of like, eh, maybe not. And then I finally watched it and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, Fede Alvarez. But I think I think the fact that you know Bruce Campbell had a hand in it and whatnot that kind of helped keep it on track and not become something that was going to ruin Dead, the original. For sure. I mean, going back to the whole thing with Raimi, like Raimi was a gigantic part of this too. Like that's what's so cool about owning your shit is that like, like if they if they if if Sam Raimi and tapered and. I don't know if Bruce Campbell owns it, but if Ramey and Taper didn't own it, you could only imagine if they didn't own it, it's very possible Evil Dead could have turned into one of these other franchises that they just blindly let whoever make it for an attempt at money and rack up all these terrible sequels. You know what I mean? So, like, it's good. It's kind of like the Phantasm franchise where, like I've said before, I think the, I think Ravager is not that good. I don't like it. I think it's more of a fan film. I don't really consider it a part of the Phantasm franchise, but, like, those first four movies are really good, and I think you got a, a lot of that you have to credit to Don Coscarelli writing and directing and, I think, producing all through all four of those films, you know, and there's something, there's, there's something special about a franchise, I think, that sticks when the filmmaker that created it kind of sticks around to do all Stays of around for all of it. Yeah, I think it makes it a better, more tight story, and I don't know, I just think it's better that way. So, like, I really appreciate the fact, you know, both Coscarelli and say, Ramey and Taper can, like, made a point to hold on to their properties so, like, they can, you know, they, they can make sure that, you know, they're not getting, you know, Bloomhouse isn't making a fucking very PC, terrible fucking Evil Dead movie to try and make people happy, you know? Yeah, like turning Fantasy Island trying into a make, horror movie. Trying to make new horror fans happy instead of caring about older horror fans. Some would say. Yep. So yeah, Fede Alvarez comes into the picture, you know, Rado Sayagus. Uh, I used to actually be friendly with Rado on the old uh, interwebs of social media back in the day. But uh, these they, they're from Uruguay uh, filmmakers. You know, they did a short film um, that was about like alien, an alien takeover and invasion, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, they caught the eye of Samuel Remy, and uh, they were brought into the pro- into the mix to uh, to do the Evil Dead movie. And now, when I, once I started seeing trailers for it, I was getting excited and. I do like that. I do like when they go get filmmakers from other countries because I usually think they have a unique voice and a un- unique opinion and style and something kind of different to say. Um, and uh, he did, you know. I thought I, I really liked the the reboot. Um, I, I like it started off in kind of a different direction. I like how it started where it, the possession thing. Like I'm trying to deal with. A possession of the of the cabin, so to speak, and then like going into the whole deal with the girl, the sister, 
and her she had like a drug problem and stuff like that and they go to like have her kick like kick heroin or whatever the deal is they go back into the they go to the cabin for that um and then shit just kind of goes crazy it was just a blood fest you know like the first one was um really liked it i thought it, it was fucking it was balls to the wall the whole way through a lot of style which i like you know Raimi at his handed and heavy Raimi kind of groomed um, Fade to be like uh, what he is today, which I think what he is today is uh, a horror filmmaker in the mainstream that puts out good horror films, you know what I mean? So that's a plus. It's definitely a plus. Um, I know, like, and I, they're, they're scheduled to do a sequel. There's supposed to be like an Evil Dead 2 um, reboot. I don't know. I wonder if it'll have comedy like. Like the original did, or if it's going to be dark. I think it'll be a little darker because I th- I almost think that realistically I almost think that the comedy was probably only added in for commercial effect to make it more you know open to more people you know what I mean yeah but considering the first one was absolutely terrifying well the f- yeah the- and that's the thing if you get like a really at was- that time yeah well still it still is and if you get a movie that's really scary like that you the people that go, I can't do scary movies. I can't even. I can't even be in the same room with them. Like those people, you're you're excluding them. So like, if you add comedy to it, maybe you might bring them back into the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you're making films for a big audience like that, you want you got to make certain things commercial. You know, you, you just, it's just the way it is. You know. Yeah. You can't go artistically dark and crazy um, and expect to like play to a gigantic audience. You know what I mean? That's just. Because they're not going to, especially nowadays, the way they take it, you're going to be like, you're going to be very safe, I feel, to be like a Hollywood filmmaker. Like, you're going to weigh out your options. If you're a filmmaker, you're really going to weigh out your options. Weigh your options and whatnot before you do anything. Yeah, really figure out where you want to end up and, and, and figure out your goal on that. And things kind of change a lot, you know. They evolve and devolve and, you know, th- things change. So, like, it's weird, you know, like... You know, like I, you know, I mean, like DJ Stan the Man's a very raunchy comedy that I thought was, you know, around the time that we were like getting into it, uh, it was more of a raunchier time. But now you look at look at comedies nowadays, and with everything being PC, like it's very DJ's a very non PC type movie. You know what I mean? Like I could never, yeah. like when I like in the world, like in the in the world, like it's kind, of, it's got like a '90s vibe to it, but like. Even if you were to go back as far as um, maybe like a super bad, I could I could see like I could have seen DJ playing good with the audience of like a super bad or like one of those raunchy comedies of that time with you know the Seth Rogans, the Judd Apatow type deal. Um, yep. But nowadays, like that 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 was like ten years ago. You know what I mean? And now things are completely different. And those movies. Like Judd Apatow, who's big, he's a very big politically correct guy now. He'd probably, you ask him about, you know, knocked up or something. He might, he might even be like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I do things differently now. You know what I mean? Like it's weird, yeah. it's a weird time. But you have to, even if he doesn't feel that way, you have to do that in, in the public eye. You know, it's just the way things are very weird right now with everything like that. But, um, back to back to horror i guess back to shock treatment with mel and maddie i don't know how i got on judd apatow but um yeah. <laughs> we, 
Uh, you know, <laughs> one train of thought leads us on to another rail. I know, I know. We're, we're uh, the train has left the station. You know what I mean? So we it's got usually end up crashing somewhere. So we've covered every base on everybody that's ever, you know, the whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon type deal. Crashing by Judd Apatow to bring it back around into madness. Um, so there's supposed to be an Evil Dead 2 reboot, which will be interesting. Like I said, I, I don't know if they probably won't go comedic. Um, that's why, that's how Judd Apatow came into it. There you go. Um, but like, it'll be interesting. We'll see. I know Don't Breathe 2 is coming out and that is planned before, which is very weird. Like, I don't know how they're going to do Don't Breathe 2. But to be honest with you, I didn't know how they were going to do Don't Breathe 1, and they pulled it off very successfully. So, we'll see. That. And I, like I said, I thought it was a decent flick, so I'd be interested to see where the sequel would take that. I kind of blindly seen... What, <laughs> that's funny. I kind of blindly... No pun intended. Blindly, yeah, no pun intended. Blindly seen Don't Breathe a little bit. Um, and all I knew was a rough idea of the plot, and in my head it was just like... It's like I really... In my head I was going to the theater like, how are they going to put people in a... You put you know, people in a house with a blind guy for an hour and a half. And that's going to, you know, how's that going to stay entertaining throughout the whole thing? You know what I mean? How are they going to make that work? Um, but I was going, yep, but, going they did. but I was going into it as a fan of Raimi. I support Raimi, dude. I'm a big fan. Everything he does. I, I know support. you are. And then I like, I like Fede Alvarez because of the Evil Dead reboot. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to give it up for him and go in. And uh, I really enjoyed it. They did a great job with it, you know. And I said, I will go see part dos, part dos, and uh, maybe they'll do Evil Dead too. Maybe they won't. We'll see. But um, so we got we've worked our way through video games, TV, all books. the all the movies, books, comic books a little bit. I got a couple comic. We talked a little bit about comic books, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into the books. Um. You know the, I've got a few books on on the Evil Dead, and I wish that I pulled them out ahead of time. I have. Uh, I know. I didn't I, even know there. I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't even know there were books. I've never even read them. So you know, I know you're a, you're more of a reader than I am. There's a there's a book called The Unseen Force, which is I think about all the Evil Dead movies and Sam Raimi's career. I own, which is a great book. Uh, there's also a book called The Evil Dead Companion which is another book kind of on the whole franchise. I own them both. They're really good books. Um, you know, to go into the Bruce Campbell thing, uh, he wrote three books, If Chins Could Kill, um, Confessions of a B-Movie Star. Then there's a second book called... Uh, yeah, I've never read any of his books either yet, but I know him. a lot of people have. And so I, I think he even did a book signing in Massachusetts at one point. Yeah, yeah, he did one. Um, he got one all hail, all all hail to the chin, or all or all hail to the can. I don't know. I forget. That was the third one. I haven't read the third one, but I read the first two. Um, and I got all three. Yeah, he did a, a signing for the third book at Harvard Books Bookstore. Um, up in Cambridge, but I was like sick at the time, so I couldn't. And uh, that was yeah. <laughs> during a dark time. And I remember, like, I was bummed because I remember, like, getting. Ex I was excited for it, thinking it was the weekend coming up. And then when I went to go look at the date, it was like the weekend before, and I was like, "Fuck, fuck, missed it." Yeah. But uh, 
Hail to the chin. If look, uh, if chins could kill. And uh, confessions. Man, I forget the name of the second one. They, I got them. They're good books. They're definitely worth it. You know, they're. I think they're they're more fictionalized. Like uh, I'm trying to think back. I read the first one that came out, so I'm a little blurry on that one. Which we're going back sometime. I don't know if it was a full, if it was a direct biography uh, of how he got to his uh, where he's at, or if it was kind of, like I know the second one's more of a stories from his career, but um, exaggerated. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. the, th- the third one I haven't gotten into yet, but I will soon. Yeah, but Bruce is a Bruce is a hero to the horror the horror community. Um, well, you don't become a cult icon for no reason. Believe it. But yeah, yeah, the Evil Dead books are real cool. Check them out. Like those two books I said, Unseen, the Unseen Force, and the Evil Dead Companion book are uh, really cool. There's also the the Companion book. I know that they made a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Companion book, and. Um, that's really good too. So I don't know if there's a bunch of those, if there's like a whole line of those companion books, or if it's just like those two. But uh, anybody who's interested in uh, those franchises, yeah, that's kind of dope to check them out. Well, it is because the companion books kind of they cruise through the franchise. So like they'll talk like what we're doing tonight. They'll do so they'll talk. They'll start from the first movie. They'll talk about making it, releasing it, the after effect of it, going to the next movie, blah, 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 right down. I mean, the show isn't on there because it was, it came out. Are any of the show. books, are any, that, or, because I don't know much about the books. Are there any of them that are, like, art-related? Art? Yeah, like, the sets and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, they have a, Illustrating. Yeah, the companion books come with, you know, they'll have pictures of the script, you know, with, with, Crossouts and notes and shit. They'll have pictures from on set, you know, behind the scenes, you know, pictures of them that them at the premiere, you know, stuff like that. Like it's pretty much. So it's like kind of like that book that Mick. It's pretty much like the book that Mick wrote for yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, except for the Evil Dead. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I think everybody uh, kind of jumps on this bandwagon, which they should, and I appreciate them doing so because, like I said before, like. You know, those books, podcasts like ours and other people's horror podcasts is like history. Like when these people come on and they talk about them or they write about these stories, like it's horror history. And once these people are gone, like there's going to be nobody to tell these stories. So like you need the books, you need the podcast episodes to kind of let the legends along. Yeah, to pass on the legends. So the legacy, you know, so like things do live forever in that, you know hundred years down the line we can still be you know two people can still have a conversation about what Mick Strawn said about working on Nightmare on Elm Street 3 you know what I mean yeah instead of people being like what's Nightmare on Elm Street 3 kid which imagine getting to that place I mean there's probably a distant distant future where everything that we like will be fucking dust nobody and nobody will know nobody will have respect for any of it Nope, that's when we'll know we're officially old. The Evil Dead, well, we'll be long gone by then. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, shit. That was very dark. <laughs> oh, well, very I, I mean, like they've Alex killed Huck. music. I don't want them to kill film, too. Oh, Phil, everything, everything that's cool to do is exploited, unfortunately. That's just how it goes. Yep. You know, that's why Sam Raimi held on to his Evil Dead property. 
because he didn't want it exploited. Um, yeah, so I, you know, one thing that I did stumble into, I think we'll wrap it up with this. Um, one thing I did stumble into in my research, I don't know if you did, and I don't know a hundred percent how accurate it is. It, it it might not it might not even be true. I just found it on the interwebs, and we know how that how that could be sometimes. Um, yeah. But, but there's supposedly another Evil Dead film in the works. Um, and I'll just give a little read off of that, what that deal. Um, you know, it's called Evil Dead Rise. Uh, a filmmaker from Ireland uh, was supposed to be jumping on board on this, but uh, what they have written down gather what I gather so far is at the premiere event for the Evil Dead in 2013 the reboot Alvarez announced that the sequel is in development through though he did not intend to be involved with the project which is interesting because I thought I heard he was directing uh, if there was ever to be well maybe he'll do I wonder if it's going to be separate than what he was if they were kind of going in a different direction but uh at a WonderCon panel in March of 2013, Campbell stated that plans uh, at this time for a future film in the franchise included a sequel to Alvarez's film and a sequel to the original trilogy developed by Raimi, followed by a crossover film which would merge the narratives of Ash and Mia Alvarez, later suggested this involvement with the follow-up to his movie. So I guess uh, they were going to try and do a couple different things, which would be interesting. The uh, Wiz is going back seven years, though. Uh, in March 2017, more more modern, uh, Raimi, the man himself, announced that he would write a fourth Evil Dead film with his brother, you know, Ivan himself, with the official, the official title of Army of Darkness 2. Campbell confirmed that he would reprise his role as Ash, while Raimi later additionally signed on to the project as director. This is making my penis hard just thinking about this. In September 2017, <laughs> during a panel at the Fan Expo in Canada, Campbell stated that he believed he only uh, the only successful future for the franchise at that time was through a premier cable network providing the example of Ash vs. Evil Dead on Stars. By November of the same year, Campbell further expressed doubts in a sequel to the original trilogy. And in July of 2019, Sam Raimi discussed the future of the Evil Dead franchise, stating that he is working on some ideas right now, which I think is just fluff for, I know you want something, and someday there might be something. Well, I mean, on June 8th, of this year, there was an article in Variety that, you know, Bruce Campbell revealed the Evil Dead, the new Evil Dead film title and the director. Yeah, 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 that's coming up. While expressing hopes that Evil, uh, that Bruce Campbell would return for a continuation of the original Evil Dead storyline. Yeah, it's supposedly called Evil Dead Now. Yeah, he acknowledged uh, continued potential for a sequel to the 2013 film stating, I think you may see some action on the Evil Dead movie in the next six months. By October of 2019, Raimi announced at the New York Comic Con that a new film is in development. Bruce Campbell will serve as a producer and will not be the star of the film. In June 2020, which is super fucking new news, uh, filmmaker Lee Cronin... Uh, Lee Cronin, how 
to Helmet. Was chosen as a director with the script he wrote. Ramey, uh, he wrote, Ramey personally chose the filmmaker to continue the franchise. The film will eventually, will officially be titled Evil Dead Rise. Now, I looked a little bit into this director, and he's... He only did a short film, I believe, before this, which is kind of weird. Um, but that happens all the time. It's weird in the sense of people that have been doing movies for a long time. But it's not weird in the sense of Hollywood, you know what I mean? Cause that's very... Yeah, because his first, his first feature length um, was The Hole in the Ground last year. Yeah. Which I believe is a short film. Um, I could be wrong. I thought it was feature length. That was his feature-length debut, and he was directing horror shorts to that. I'd like to see it. I just I guess it, it debuted at the Sundance Film Festival, and it's streaming and video-on-demand platforms. Really? I'm going to have to look up a trailer. I had an idea for an Evil Dead movie. I never got a chance to talk to Sam about it, though. That would be dope. <laughs> you tell him, maybe. Um... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I did. James Gunn true. Fade only did a couple shorts before he did Evil the Evil Dead reboot. So we'll see. The Evil Dead Rise, though. I don't even know if I like the name of that. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't believe. No, nah, I don't know about that either. Um. Yeah. Well, well I mean. We'll see. Like I said, supposedly Raimi's been announcing stuff, so I guess it, that makes it a little more realistic. Um, but we'll see. You know? I'd rather see yeah, Raimi do it. I'd much rather see Sam Raimi direct it. Like, I'll never get to make my Evil Dead movie, so I might as well just spit it off here. Uh, my Evil Dead movie consists of this. Since in the first and second movie, he goes to the, he, he returns, like the second movie, he returns to the cabin, almost not even realizing that in the first movie, the worst thing in his life ever, ha like that ever happened to him happened in that cabin. Yep. So my idea was this, was we pick up with Ash, you know, n nowadays where Bruce Campbell's an old dude, but with this, um, he has a family. So he has, like, a very annoying wife, very bitchy, annoying wife, and then he has, like, like bratty, terrible kids, and they go on vacation, and they go to the cabin, and now he has to deal with his kids and wife turning into the evil, the evil dead, and he has to kill his wife and his kids. So it kind of goes back to the whole deal of, like, the first and second thing, except instead of his girlfriend and friends, it's now his wife and kids to keep up with the fact that, you know... Make keep it more modern, and, and then, then we can keep Ash in it because Ash is a. Well, I mean, his father, his father is in the series, so why not have a movie that you know shows him having a more in-depth family life? Well, well, they killed the father in the series, and that when they killed his father, I laughed so hard. I I, I haven't laughed that hard at a TV show in a while when they killed his father in the show. Spoiler oh, alert, God, yeah. kid! Spoiler alert. Yeah, so, but I think that but would it's be hilarious. It is. So that's that, that's my take. That'd be my Evil Dead film right there. And um, it'd be cool because you could, you'd have his family element, which would be dark and twisted because it's his kids. 
and wife, but they're like, they're evil dead and they were terrible to begin with, so you're kind of voting for them to get killed. And um, it just enters into that whole madness realm because then you could have, you could have the kid, you could have, the, you could go, you could, you could have the kids, both the kids like playing pass with their heads, like juggling their heads, you know what I mean? Like you could do weird. Oh my shit. god! Like the Muppets and um, Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like they're you throwing their heads weird, up in the air. Yeah, like you could do weird. You could do weird elements that would be crazier because it was his kids and stuff. But that was my take on it. But um, we'll see. We'll see where the Evil Dead franchise goes. You know, it's it's a fun one. I always enjoy it. So real quick, um, we should probably rank these since that's what we do in the episode, right? So like. Let's go, since we've talked about a little bit of everything, we won't talk about the video games. We won't rank the video games or the books. Should we rank the TV show? Um, no, because that, like, that's like a separate entity yeah. to the movies, I think. You can't really rank that because Sam only did that one episode. Yeah. But I think, like, movie-wise, number one, all day. As best? You want to start from uh, least or, or best? Let's start from the best. Now nah, let's start from the worst. All right, for the for the third out of I would put for the fourth rather because out of the four films, my least and I don't even like to say because I love the film, but out of all of them, probably what I think is the least uh, the least greatest in all of them, all films. Evil Two, Army of Darkness. I'd have to go with Army, wow. of Darkness, Army of Darkness for my number four pick. How about you? I, I said Evil Dead Two. Really? I like. Yeah. I'm a fan. I get. I you know Evil Dead Two. Um, I'll go I, because well, I'll, by the by the time because by the time Army of Darkness when you know after you watch Army of Darkness you're like oh well this kind of picks up where this left off and I wasn't crazy about this but I like this more than I like that. Yeah. Well, I like, um, I, I, as much as I, I, I do appreciate Army of Darkness, I didn't really, I don't know, like, I like the comedy elements of it, I think it just slides a little too far into comedy, at the same time, I wish it was more horror, so, like, that's why yeah. I'm a little harder on that. Uh, my number three would be, um, the remake, the reboot. <laughs> How about you? Uh, so that was for me. I think that's number. That would be number two <laughs> for me. I like. I I totally be? loved that one and the original. Well, what would your number? I like be? the darkness. Well, my number three would. My number three would be Army of Darkness. Okay. Uh, my number dose. Now we're getting dif very difficult because I I consider man one or two. Are equally as good. I feel, and it depends on the day which that I'm living. That I would, in my mood that day, which one I would say is the better film. Um, man. Um, and with saying that, pff, tough. Really a tough call. But in the in the in the, in the in the sake of keeping things interesting and out of order. I will put my number two Evil Dead movie. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Mad Mel? 
Hello? Hello? I lost you there for a second. Oh, I'm back. Oh, it was back. I blame the Evil Dead, the Necronomicon. Hell yeah, that's, that's in our phone. I blame Ex Mortis, the ne Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. <laughs> I actually have one of those Books of the Dead laying around here somewhere from a collector's uh, edition of that movie. I have the Evil Dead 2 uh, Book of the Dead DVD. Uh, which I enjoy highly. One of the one of the better releases, I will say, as a fan of uh, of, of physical media in the DVD age, that Evil Dead, those Evil Dead releases. I think they did Evil Dead one and two both, but they did like the book where it was like a latex book of the Book of the Dead, and you open it up and the DVDs in the inside. Those are some of the best. Marketing and releases of DVDs, I think, in the heart, maybe DVD in general that there there ever was. I think no, yeah, like the the other dope one I have with Bruce Campbell. We've mentioned it on the last show, Bubba Hotep. Yeah. I have the the collector's edition that it comes in an Elvis suit. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, I got a cool Bubba Hotep um, shirt that I got from like uh, like a VHS store. I don't even know how they got it. They must have sent it for the promo, but. Yeah, I got that. That's my only cool Bubba Hotep. I got the regular DVD with the slipcover, but that's my only... Yeah, those are my only Hotep situations. Um, number... My number... Did I give it... Did I do my number two? Well, you didn't You didn't give it an exact answer. You just it, said that. Uh, I'd have to, it was I'd, a tie depending on the day. And today, I'm going to go with The Evil Dead for number two. What number two? What what Evil Dead film was your number two? Almost the almost the best Evil Dead movie, but not quite the best one. For me, I like the remake. Hey, that's a good that is a good pick. I can't be mad at you for that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Fede Alvarez will be very happy to hear that too. It might make Sam Raimi sad, but Fede Alvarez will be very happy to hear that. He'll be he'll blush. He'll blush. He'll 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 put his eyes on the ground. He'll be so bashful. Um, number one <laughs> film. The number one film. The number one Evil Dead film today is for me Evil Dead Two. I give it that because of its mixture of. It was the perfect mixture of horror and comedy. Whereas an Evil uh, Army of Darkness was a little more comedy than. A little more comedy than uh, horror, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I would have to go with uh, Evil Dead Two for being very colorful, fun, still scary, still very creepy, um, very more. Uh, I'll use the word boombastic. It's more of a boombastic film than Part One is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'd have to go with Part Two for my Part One today for my number one and for your no, number, I see. Your my number, number one is evil dead you know what i can't i can't say you're wrong with that at all i i because tomorrow it could be very well be the evil dead for me as well and uh those first two movies are very great very great films um very great franchise in general you know what i mean yeah definitely and uh we rock it we doing it big so you know that's our episode ranking the Evil Dead and, you know, talking about everything in between. 
And we can't, we can't, with, with, with Evil Dead 2, we gotta give props to, uh, Danny Hicks, of course, and say big rest in peace to Danny Hicks, who recently passed about, like, a month ago, maybe, um, he was a, he was a, you know, big, you know, he was in the Raimi clan, you know what I mean, um, yep. an intruder, you know, I believe he, I even believe he's in Army of Darkness, if I remember correctly, but... I could be wrong, um, but yeah, you know, rest in peace, and you know, we uh, we keeps it going um, for him, and uh, there you go, you know. So we, uh, we would you like to say anything else about uh, the Evil Dead? Just another great franchise. Just another There's crazy nothing- click. It's, just, it's an it's another good flick on our uh, favorites list. That it is. One of these days we'll do an episode which will be the top ten favorite films of Shock Treatment. Now that's not Mel and Maddie. That's a combined effort of Shock Treatment. Remember that. Remember that, y'all. Y'all. Yep. We're going to get our fans and listeners uh, feedback and see what they think. And it's a beautiful thing. So, hey, fans and listeners out there, we want you all to have a great evening, good morning, and a happy good night. And we'll catch you all on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty. Woo!